Hi, I'm Jeremy Williams. I'm a senior at an independent school um, in New York City, and I'm independently black. Hi, my name is Adam Johnson Hill. I'm a senior at an independent school in New York City, and I'm independently black. Hi, my name is Obia Hachijoke, and I'm an alumni of an independent school in New York City, and I'm independently black. And I'm Maya Whites, and I'm the co-host, or host, not co-host, and founder of this web series, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. So, uh, to get into this episode, uh, just asking a big question, like, how do you feel being a Black man has affected your independent school experience? Well, I feel like um, spending seven years where I did, being a Black man um, and also a Black boy um, affected everything I did and affected every way in which I could like exist in that space, um, socially mostly, but also academically. Um, you know, it was hard like finding a place in the community at first and going from someone who wasn't conscious about anything that was going on around like around me, I was just kind of like happy-go-lucky to someone who had to constantly think about what they did and what they said and how they walked and how they talked um, from the moment they stepped into school to the moment they left. Um, that was like a big shift. For me, um, I've been at my school since kindergarten, so there isn't really um, like somewhat of like a before or after of like I have anything to relate my experiences to. Um, but I definitely see like aspects of my um, school uh, career that have been impacted by my blackness. Um, and I think one of them is kind of like my academic success because to me that's really personal. Um, and part of the reason like that I attribute to my academic success is that like being one of the very few black people, you kind of feel like, um, not like you have to like be the best, but like you have to like show people that like, yeah, I deserve to be here too. And you can't just be like average to do that. Yeah, I, as the same with Jeremy, I've been at my school since kindergarten. So it's very much shaped the way that I um, just navigate and how I talk, how I, interact with academically and socially. Like for me, a lot of my close friends are also black people who've attended independent schools. And for me, and for us, I guess, we kind of stay amongst ourselves because we all have very similar experiences and very similar trauma that I feel like really connects us. Yeah. Like. I think all three of you, well, Jeremy, you focus more on academics, but all three of you sort of briefly mentioned, like, socially, how being a Black man has affected you, so maybe you could speak a little bit more on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I didn't notice, um, like, how much it affected me until maybe I'd say, like, high school, because in middle school, it was more like... Um, yeah, we all got like invited to most of their like coming of age parties. Um, and I would just go to school and go home and that'll be it. Like there was no really like pressure or need to go anywhere, like be invited to anywhere. But as high school rolled around and you start to realize that like people are forming like 
closer bonds around you that you're not a part of. And like also with me and just my specific situation, like I was one of like three, two, and eventually like basically just alone as a singular or one of two black boys in the grade. And so it wasn't like I had like people in that community to cling on to. So that, um, that was a big factor. But it also brought me closer to a lot of the black girls around me, so. Uh, my experience differed a little bit from Obi. So I've been at my school since kindergarten. I think I mentioned that already, but I feel like the first time I noticed socially that there was a difference was probably in middle school, like seventh or eighth grade. Like that's when people first started to hang out together. Like at like seventh grade was when kids started to go to school by themselves without maybe their nanny or their parents. And that's first, like the first divide. Cause for me, I live, I, at the, in middle school, I lived in Brooklyn. So one, that was just extended travel time. I couldn't really hang out after school or do like those certain things like go to Shake Shack or something like that for financial reasons. And also just, I had to get home. So that was probably like the first instance where like, my identity really differed. So I started to hang out with more um, people, students of color, but particularly black students, because we all had a very similar experience where we lived farther from school. Um, and we had a very, it was kind of isolating for a little bit, because one, there weren't that many black people, like there was more than just two of us in a grade, but there wasn't, you know, 30 of us. So it was kind of isolating for a little bit. Yeah, my experience was kind of similar to Adam's, like, he, it, in seventh grade or, like, sixth grade, like, you really started to notice, um, like, differences that were tied to kind of, like, socioeconomic status, um, and, like, started first with, like, you know, like, the dancers or whatever, and, like, they'd have, like, those, those kind of, like, exclusive, like, doubles dances, and I, I never went to one of those, right, um, and so, like, I didn't really have as many, like, inter-school friends. Um, and then also, kind of like Adam, like, not living in Manhattan's a little different. So you don't really, like, it's not as easy to, like, you know, do something after school or whatever, because you have to get home, right? But I think something that was different for me is that I have a twin brother. So that didn't really impact me as much. Um, so, like, instead of, I guess it wasn't, like, I wasn't as inclined to go um out of my way to have a social life because I had one at home if that makes sense um so that I think is definitely something that's uh different for me I'm just I'm hearing recurring themes of like your blackness being something that impacted all of you a lot but um I'm thinking about like the conjunction of like your black identity and your male identity and how those come together um, so in terms of social life, being a Black man as well, how do you feel that that has kind of added into everything that you said before? I mean, for me personally, being a Black male, like the things that were expected of me by like my white peers were to basically play sports and make music. That was like kind of like the idea of what I should do. Um, so basically in middle school, I enjoyed playing sports a lot. Um, I played basketball and I uh, think soccer for a little bit. But once I got to high school, that wasn't really like my main interest anymore. I was much more involved with 
um, like outside of school programs like theirs or like my men of color club. So those things like drew my attention more. And so for that, it made it a lot more difficult for me to kind of fit in with a lot of my white peers because I didn't really fit into like their stereotypical idea or the prototypical idea of what a black boy or a black man should be. But at the same time, from what I've heard from a lot of my other um, black male friends who do play sports, they feel as though they have a much easier time um, interacting and navigating socially. Um, because one, just that's camaraderie from being on a sports team, what helps, you know, create relationships with white students that I didn't um, experience. And also in relation to how black women or black girls in the space, how they were perceived, they had a much more difficult time um, fitting in because I hate to say it, but black women probably are like the most disrespected group in America. So that's, but that's only from like what I've heard from other people and seen from my experience. I don't want to speak on anyone else's experience. Um, my school's uh, an all boys school. So that really, um, I guess makes, like gives me kind of like a different outlook. Like I can't really see, like I can't speak from my perspective of, you know, like how I've seen black girls treated in my school because there are no black girls in my school. Um, I will say that um, for me, this like the stereotypes about like black guys, you know, like like playing sports and like making music and I don't know, like, like being violent or I, like, I don't know, all these kind of like stereotypes um, directly, I don't think have affected me as much within my like small school community because because I've been there since kindergarten, right? And by the time like kids kind of were aware of these stereotypes, I already didn't fit them. So they couldn't kind of like put me in a box that I wasn't already in. Um, so I think I was kind of fortunate through that, um, that I was already kind of like my own character by the time people realized like, oh, you know, there's like these certain stereotypes about black people. Um, I do play basketball though, um, but I, I play basketball because I enjoy it, um, not because like I'm forced to or because like I feel like an overwhelming pressure to do so. Yeah, um, I think that there's a lot that's expected of the black male body at these schools. Um, and if you don't fit into, well, for me at least, it was more so less so of just like playing, and it was more that you had to excel, right? So you had to be the best or the star of this or the star of that um, player at this sport. And if not, then you weren't, if you weren't doing that or you weren't um, conforming to your white male friends, like ideas of who you should be and what you should say, when you should speak and what should like make you happy, then you weren't of any use, right? You were like kind of um, not fitting into what they needed you to be. And so you were kind of cast out. Um, and that was my experience for the most part, like just like seeing that. But then, you know, with age, it comes to a time where like you don't, you stop, you recognize that and you stop. Um, it doesn't, you don't feel the pressure to conform to that anymore. And so you just like become who you are and you're happy with that. And you, you take, you take 
space for yourself and you live with that. That's definitely hard though. I wanted to know, like, even though, of course, when you do become older and more mature, you like learn that you can be yourself and you don't have to fit into these stereotypes that all of you sort of talked about or maybe um, said that you didn't feel pressure to fit into or you were able to sort of transcend those barriers, but it's still difficult to grapple with. So I'm wondering like, just how has that affected you like mentally anything you're like open to sharing and like how have you coped with that and like just what has your experience been dealing with these things or if there's anything you haven't even mentioned yet um i have something kind of related to what obi said like he reminded me when he was talking about like you know how a lot is expected of the black body that so even like even though i play basketball and i play it by choice like I was always kind of like behind a bit in terms of like skill development, right? So I wasn't like the greatest like player on the team or whatever. And I feel like that specifically, um, made, like that specifically kind of like went against the stereotype and maybe that had some negative aspects on like the way I was viewed as like a player. Um, I mean, I've always been like, you know, like, People have always told me, you know, like I'm, I'm very athletic, and a lot of like athletic potential, but my skill development has always kind of like lagged behind uh, in terms of that. So <laughs> generally, um, I think for like coaches and teammates, like throughout my like middle school and like most of my high school career in basketball, I've been kind of like a disappointment to people, which um, I mean, like basketball isn't like the most important thing to me. So it's not like as, it doesn't like, it's not like, I guess, the worst thing in the world. Um, I definitely agree with that sentiment of like, feeling like um, less valued because of, and this is like, this is under kind of like sports in the grand scheme of things um, is trivial. Like, but I think that, there were like like serious times and experiences on certain teams where I felt that my black my blackness and my black maleness um was a huge contributing factor to how I was treated. Um like I remember being on the basketball team in high school and hating it, like literally hating it because I felt like um I felt like the expectations for me for me were greater than for others. And so I almost like became sort of like a scapegoat on that team. Um and I remember like um, being like a freshman on track and not being good because I'd never ran before. And I was like made fun of for it until like eventually I like just kept working and working and working until like by the time I was a senior, like I was one of the captains on the team or whatever. And it just like was, it was what it was. But when I started, it wasn't like that. It was like, and like literally even the coaches like say like, I've never seen, I did you say like, I've never seen like an African that can't run. And it would just be like, it was that those kind of things. Um, and so that was like, I guess, a, a core motivation um, for me on those teams and why I kind of took it to heart and decided to like get 
work harder than people around me. I mean, for me, the way like I kind of navigated all of that, like just dealing with all of that, I don't want to say trauma, because I feel like for me, trauma has always been like much more like major things, but like, you know, the microaggressions and the little things that like I just felt at school, I always look for communities with people who've had similar experiences with me or like like-minded people like I, and also always try to like change my institution. Like in my, I'm like since middle school, I've been involved in like student government, right? So like my freshman year of high school, I just became my great president. And even now, like I worked in my school's DEI office, like a liaison to the DEI office to help like just diversify my school's curriculum and just, you know, try and make stuff better. But on a more social aspect, like, no, like I seeked out other young black boys, other boys of color who've had similar experiences with me through either programs like DARES, through the Schomburg Center, or just networking in general. Because if anyone knows me, I'm a really personal, personable person, and I'm a real social person. So that was like my way of coping, at least. I don't know what Jeremy and Obi did, but that's what I did. Um, I guess for me, and well, first I want to say like one last thing about sports is that like I think one of the most uncomfortable experiences, and I don't know if Adam or Obi have had this, but like when you're in a but a bus, especially when you're an underclassman, you know, there are upperclassmen on this bus, just filled with like white students, and they're just blasting their music on the speakers, just like laced with the N word, and like they don't really care. Um, and it's not like I'm, you know, like I have a problem with you know listening to like rap music that has like you know the N word in it. Like that's my that's my entire game day playlist, right? Like, but I just have a problem with like. I guess the audacity of just kind of playing music that has offensive language in it, specifically to like black people without really saying like, hey, like, are you okay if we do this? Or like, I, or just like checking in to see like, oh, you know, like we're, we're, we're playing these songs like on the playlist, right? Like that to me was kind of like one of the most uncomfortable experiences on a sports team. Um, uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, that, I, that is just something I wish I had spoken up on, like, in hindsight. Um, but for me, coping at school really looked like just kind of, like, pouring myself into my academic work, um, because that's something that, like, I've really been proud of, and something that, like, I felt distinguished me and also made it hard to kind of, like, I guess, alienate someone. Like, you can't really alienate somebody who you're going to ask for a study guide, right? Like, um, so I think that was kind of how I coped was through my academics and um, through just trying to be, like, the best student that I could be. I wanted to note that the only reason I, like, literally laughed um, about the n-word thing which I shouldn't have was just because as a person who doesn't identify as a black man I've also experienced the n-word songs on the bus thing so yeah just wanted to 
clarify that for our viewers. I was not laughing at him at all. Um, open mechanisms. I think that my coke me mechanisms were, I think it was mostly centered around finding spaces for myself, whether that be like physical spaces where like, like BSA, uh, um, like our Black Student Alliance, or let's say um, we have like a community room, right? Where like a lot of black kids go to like talk to each other and just like um, socialize, right? Because we're all like close and we're comfortable with each other. And we feel like that's a space where we can like be authentically ourselves and not be judged for it. Um, or just generally trying to be um, myself as much as possible, like outgoing, like I'm an outgoing person. So I like, I, I never like stopped being that person. And so that helped me um, cope. Um, oh, you, go ahead. I was gonna um, say that um, the affinity group for students of color is also like very helpful, especially in high school. Um, in my sophomore year, like Jamal released that the open letter and like the seniors that year were some of like the nicest. I mean, like all, all, basically like all the seniors when I was in Jamal were like nice, but specifically like, you know, my sophomore year, because those were guys who like, they felt significantly older than me, even though they were just like two years older than me, like they felt like elders and they're just like so helpful and so kind. And then like junior year, it was really nice to see people who I'd basically grown up with kind of like take the helm um, of what these guys um, started. And so I think that was just, that really helped um, that there was like this space that I could go to just like, you know, to talk, talk to people of color about being a person of color um, at Collegiate. And then I could also just seek out you know, like the black students as well and talk to them about specific experiences. That's awesome. And I hear a lot about like finding space and holding space and like just places that make you feel like you can be yourself and like have affinity sort of, of which is which is great. Um, something I wanted to ask was if you knew a black boy that's watching this right now, and was starting his first year at your school, um, what is any advice that you would give him before he enters your school? Yeah, I think it's hard because I don't know there's like more programs in place and more mentorship in place for students of color coming in. But let's say in 2013, um, it was kind of just, I went in, I learned um, through experience. Um, but I think that the one thing I would encourage them to do was to not try and like do it alone, um, to talk to people, have people you can go to. Um, the experience can be very monolithic, but you can't let that, um, you can't let that stereotype just like define you as like the lone soldier. It can't, it, it won't work like that. You have to um, have people that you trust, have people to reach out to, be vulnerable when asking for advice or support. I have to say, particularly for the high school, um, that don't be afraid to kind of like speak up if something hurts you. Um, because I know, at least in my experience, I always kind of went into things with like this, pick your battles 
um type of mentality like oh you know that like yeah that was kind of offensive but it wasn't like that bad so i'll just kind of let it slide or whatever but in the end like that just kind of makes it toxic and then it just hurts only you and if you speak out and say like hey i didn't appreciate you saying that and somebody's like what's the big deal or whatever they really i don't think were your friend in the first place because they didn't they don't want to acknowledge that they hurt you um so don't be afraid to be like labeled like a social justice warrior whatever because i mean like i mean if you just break down that word like so like justice is a good thing right so don't be afraid to fight for it um and also for like all students i would say don't be afraid to use um your like teachers of color and specifically black um teachers as resources because they are so supportive and even if you don't see them all the time or even if you don't see how they're actively there for you they are and they are just like so important to, to like the black community at a school at at my school and and teachers of color are so important for the um, community of people of color at my school and they I guess they kind of go undervalued sometimes but I think it's really important that you appreciate them and that you ask for help from them when, when you need it because they are really there for you yeah I want to echo what Jeremy and Obi said about you know finding community reaching out speaking up but also I feel like the most important thing that kind of addresses all of it is that for a lot of students of color, but particularly black students, we feel like we're guests at these institutions, at these PWIs, because in all honesty, if we're being very, very real about it, these institutions that were founded, what, 100, 150, even 50 years ago, were founded to basically just keep rich white people rich and educate rich white children. And so they, it's very easy to fall into this idea that, damn, I'm a guest in this institution. I can't make too much noise. I should just get my education, get go to college, get a good job so like I can have provide like better for my kids, which I feel like is really important. And like you should definitely focus on your schoolwork, go go to college and do all of that. But you have to remember that this is your institution too. Like you're have you have a right to be at this institution just as much as the white children next to you, even if hypothetically you were on financial aid, which a number of black students are, but not all of them, which I feel like it's kind of a narrative that we have that I want. I feel like me personally, we should move away from, even though I am myself on financial aid, but still, you need to acknowledge that this is your institution to speak up, make change, and you know, be your authentic self too. Don't change the institution. Don't change yourself for the institution. Change the institution for you. But yeah. Wow, some very wise words from everyone. I just, I'm smiling because um, I just know it can be hard. And for me personally, my schools are all girls schools. So um, I really never hear or see the black male experience. This was such a great episode and thank you all for sharing with us and thank you for your words and your time and your energy. Um, it's also valuable um, to me, to independently black and for everyone that's seeing this. You guys are such great interviewees. Uh, thank you so much.
And yeah, bye viewers. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you.